Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish Eat Repeat. Guys, we are in for a very special treat today because we have a special guest with us. Emily Wagner is the owner and lead instructor at MJ Pilates in West Reading. She started MJ Pilates in 2015 after working many years in higher education. So today we are going to learn all about Pilates why we need to be doing Pilates, who benefits from it, what exactly is Pilates, and how does it um, incorporate into our healthy lifestyle? How do we take care of our bodies well? Um, The mantra that inspires Emily the most actually comes from Joseph Pilates, who said, change happens through movement and movement heals. So Emily, welcome so much. Welcome so much. Welcome to the show. We're so excited you're here. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be with you today. Of course, of course. So Emily, we like to just jump right in, dive in. We don't waste any time. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an instructor and owner of your own company. Yes. So I have felt that I've always been a teacher from the time I was a little girl lining up stuffed animals um, and pretending they were my students uh, up through college where I was an education major, um, I've always felt an innate ability to be a teacher. I thought that was going to be in a more traditional sense, but it turned out I worked in higher education for many years, but it just wasn't quite what I wanted to do. I enjoyed the job, but I did not enjoy working at a desk, sitting at a desk all day long. I really do enjoy movement. I've been an athlete all my life, playing soccer and tennis, doing a little gymnastics when I was a kid. And I really wanted to incorporate that more into my life. So in about 2010, I started doing Pilates on my own, just went to a gym and started taking the class and became really interested in learning more about it. I felt really strong doing it. I felt very flexible. It reminded me a little bit of the gymnastics that I did as a kid. And I just started teaching part-time. But as I said, I always have felt the desire to teach and I feel like it's something I'm good at. So I just kind of went with it. And at a certain point I decided, I think I could do this full time. And I started at another studio and then I've always also had the desire to start my own business. And there have been many different ideas along the road, but this one seemed like the perfect fit. And in 2015, I started MJ Pilates and have grown to have two other instructors with me now. Um, And I still have time to play tennis in my free time and to do some rock climbing and 
other things um, that involve movement. I love it. And so here is a fun fact about Emily that most of you will not know unless you grew up with us, but Emily and I uh, went to the same high school and we were actually doubles partners in tennis and did really well. Like, I was going to say championship doubles partners, Adrian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's make sure we're, we're defining how good we were. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just so happened. We reconnected. Thank you, Facebook. And um, I was like, Emily, you've got to be on the show. Please, would you consider coming and talking to our clients because or our, our listeners? Because I feel so passionate about nutrition and movement and health. And I know you share that same passion. Um, you're coming at it from maybe a slightly different angle than I am through the movement piece. Um, but I think that our listeners can definitely benefit from the information. So I'm just so thankful for you and so thankful um, that we can do this episode together. So I'm going to just jump right in. We've got tons of questions because I know my clients and my listeners have tons of questions. First of all, let's, let's just start with the basics. Like, what is Pilates? A lot of us have heard of it before, but we don't really know what it is. Right. So it is an exercise program developed by a man named Joseph Pilates, and it is all based on resistance training, whether that be on a mat, which if you see pictures, maybe that's what people think of. Pilates is done on a mat similar to yoga. In that case, you're using your own body's resistance in your workout. But there's a whole other side to the Pilates exercise program that incorporates spring resistance. We have apparatus in studios that um, support the body to work through um, strength training, resistance training, flexibility training, um, that looks similar to the mat work, but the equipment is very different than you would see in a gym. And it's primarily because it's using the springs to help train the muscle. Do the springs allow for greater variation in people's flexibility and strength where, you know, where if you think of like a typical strength machine, it's just you're in, sitting in either this one position or you're standing, you can only do the weight in one direction. If you're limited, yes. you may have to reduce the weight. So do these apparatuses allow for greater variability? Is that how you would describe it or? That's a great way to describe it. I always think like a 50 pound weight is a 50 pound weight, no matter who is holding it. But if I'm working on a spring, I can stretch the spring further maybe than someone else, or maybe someone else can stretch it more than I can. And the more you stretch it, then the more you have to control the release of the spring. So it is the spring, you're controlling the spring. The spring isn't controlling you. So the person that is on the machine is the one really in control, whereas other equipment might feel different but you really have control of how intense the, the spring resistance is or the movement is because you're in control of it. 
So how does Pilates differ from yoga? Because we kind of, I don't know, sometimes I lump them all in as as one thing, like something that works more on flexibility and strength, but I could be wrong. Yeah, there are definitely similarities. I think both are good at focusing people on their breath and just the whole mind-body connection of really tuning into your body, how it feels, um, connecting the breath to your movement. So in, in that respect, they are similar. I think where they differ, first of all, yoga is a spiritual practice that goes back you know, thousands of years. Um, Pilates was designed as an exercise program, specifically actually for men back at the time that Joseph Pilates was creating what he called contrology. It was named Pilates after he passed on. But um, so the histories are different. And then also one of the principles of Pilates is flow of movement. And there are definitely yoga practices that incorporate flow, but there are a lot more static poses where you're really trying to kind of relax into a pose so that your muscles release. Whereas Pilates is a little more choreographed. It's a little quicker paced in some aspects. And the basic thing with Pilates is its strength and flexibility and control, those three things. And um, yeah, I think people look at them being the same for those reasons, but they do have different principles behind them. So was Pilates originally created to be utilizing the spring system and it has evolved into mat work or was it a combination of the two? Like, what is the difference? I know, like you said, one has an apparatus and springs, one is on a mat, but how do they all come together? Yeah, that's a great question. They were kind of invented, I think, in conjunction. And the equipment was designed to help people improve on the mat work. So the mat work is the most challenging thing because there is nothing supporting you. It is you and your body. The springs give you support because you might be lying down on a mat. So you have feedback for your body to be resting into something, but your legs are still supported because they are attached to these springs. Whereas if you're just on the mat, your legs are out in space and your body has to be supporting them in the air. So he designed the equipment to train the body to be able to not use the equipment huh. <laughs> to work on the mat more successfully. Now you can do an entire workout on, there are pieces of equipment called the reformer. One is called the Cadillac. One is called the Wanda chair. So if I use those terms, um, those are names of the pieces of apparatus. You can do entire workouts on those and those can be extremely challenging. There are advanced levels on all pieces of apparatus, but the apparatus is more supportive because either you're sitting against something. So any time your body has multiple points of contact, 
you have more support and more feedback to determine like, oh, are my hips aligned? Are my shoulders where they're supposed to be in space? And then you take that knowledge from the equipment and you bring it either to your mat or anywhere out into the world. So if I started sitting in what we call the high chair, where I have a support on my back, and then I step away from that chair, I'm going to try to recreate what that felt like to sit with support behind me. And I'm just going to try to stand with the same muscles working, the same alignment and posture, so that I can take what I learned on the equipment into how I move through the world. So it's almost like cues. Like yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, like, is that equipment available to people or do you have to go into a studio to, to utilize that? It is definitely available to people. There are websites and there are different manufacturers that produce for the masses. They are expensive, um, but I do have some clients who have their own apparatus and we might work virtually um, where I can teach them kind of like we are on Zoom right now. Um, And then there are smaller apparatus. There are not only apparatus that have springs, but there are what we call barrels. And the barrels are, again, designed to support the body, but really to open up the body. So people all around us have tight hip flexors, tight shoulders, forward head, and the barrels allow us to open up those tight spaces, but in a really supportive place. So a lot of my clients have barrels at home because they're a bit smaller. They don't take up a lot of space. You can throw them under your bed, possibly. Um, So there definitely are options for people to utilize the equipment at home. Interestingly, the Wanda chair was designed by Joseph Pilates to be a piece of furniture in your living room that as you're watching television, you can work out. So well, it, it, it does kind of look like a chair. And if you turn it one direction, uh, then it becomes a piece of exercise equipment. Well, I love that idea because I'm always telling my clients, like, put your exercise equipment in a place where you are. Like, don't put it down in the basement because out right. of sight, out of mind. So if we could even get our exercise equipment to start looking like furniture, that's right? a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty ingenious. <laughs> I love it. So in terms of Pilates, okay, so we know that it's an exercise routine. Um, We know that it's, like you said, it it helps stabilize muscles, maybe that we don't think of like the big, large muscle groups, maybe some more of the smaller muscles, the supporting muscles. You said everything is so forward. It helps bring you back a little bit. So how often should you do Pilates? Does everybody need to do Pilates? Like, how does this work if somebody wanted to get started? Right. So yes, everyone needs to do Pilates. No, (laughs) Um, it is not for everyone, but it is an exercise program that can be for everyone. Um, You can do Pilates seven days a week. It is a type of exercise that because you are stretching the muscles at the same time you're strengthening them, you 
tend not to get as sore. You may get sore, but it's not that um, like after a gym workout, like real intense um, soreness. So you can do it every day, but it's not a requirement. I usually say two to three times a week, you will see the most benefit. And it's really great for athletes as a cross training form of exercise, especially because they probably have tight hip flexors if they're runners or tight shoulders if they're tennis players. Um, so it's a really good complementary program for athletes. But then I have clients with double knee replacements, um, hip replacements, and it's great for them because it is non-impact. Because it's spring work, there's not a lot of, there's no pounding of your joints. Um, so it's, it's safe for a lot of people. A lot of people come with back injuries, back pain. It is so good for that because it's all about lengthening the body gravity is not our body's friend over time and the shortening of the spine can cause spinal stenosis and pain in the back and tightness in muscles can cause back pain so anything that we can do to open up the body lengthen out our muscles lengthen our spines is really positive for everybody um, and then the more often you do it, of course, you're going to feel more benefits and your muscles will start to learn, oh, this is where I should sit in space. Like when I'm sitting at my desk, oh, those muscles that I worked in my Pilates class, they're helping me sit nice and tall. Or when you're driving in the car, you know, sitting a little taller and all those things are just going to get easier the more you do the practice. That makes sense. Do you recommend some of those videos that are that you can find on YouTube? Do you think that there's benefit to that? Or, I mean, obviously you work in a studio where you can give that more one-on-one -on -one attention, but is there still benefit to doing some of those videos? Absolutely. Because a good instructor will give good cues to help you learn it even if they're not right in front of you. I would say if you are coming with an injury, it would be better to be one-on-one -on -one with a trained instructor because they're looking at your body specifically, where your imbalances are, where you can improve your strength, where your weaknesses are. We really are focused on the body's alignment. So when I'm looking at someone in person, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. Where are their imbalances? Where are they strong? Where are they weak? And how can we kind of balance everything out? Is that something somebody could figure out on their own? Like where their imbalances are? Is yeah. that basically like strength and weakness from left to right side? Yeah. Um, balance issues. I'm just trying to like think about how would somebody know that they have an imbalance? Yeah. So definitely standing, uh, just kind of notice, do you stand with equal weight on both feet? When you're sitting against a chair, do you feel that both shoulders are touching the chair equally? Um, when you're 
sitting, do you, if you look in a mirror when you're standing, like is one shoulder higher than the other? Is one hip bone higher than the other? You know, you can kind of see things on your own that may give you some of that feedback. Yeah, because I mean, I you just don't think about how you stand or how you sit yeah. now that you're saying it. Now I'm starting to pay attention. You know, am I leaning to the left? Am I leaning to the right? Uh, yeah. And even, you know, a side view, I remember when I was working at a college and I was just starting on this Pilates journey, like learning what this was and learning about my posture, which was terrible. <laughs> um, every time I would use the restroom at work, I would take a side view of my body in the mirror and I would try to adjust it the way my instructor told me. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I am not standing the way I should, you know, I'm, my shoulders are slumped, my pelvis is off. Um, so I would just do that on my own. And over time, my body just started to change the way it was standing. So it sounds like Pilates is more like a functional exercise, like helping Absolutely. you perform day-to-day -day activities, pain-free maybe more preventative for, you know, because yeah. you know, it's not the person that lifts 400 pounds at the gym who hurts their back. It's reaching for your groceries out of the trunk of the car, just the wrong way. And next thing you know, yeah. you're laid up for the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. I always, so my, my theme for my studio has always been, I want people to walk out feeling better than they did when they walked in. But secondary to that, I want them to take what they've learned in the hour that I'm with them into their life. So people might be in my studio two hours a week. There are a lot of other hours <laughs> that uh, their bodies are moving and doing things and or not doing things. And I want them to be able to take the skills that they've learned with me and just make their movement in the outside world a little healthier. Nice. So when you're doing a Pilates workout, um, is there, you've mentioned an hour that they're spending with you in the studio. Is that the recommended time to do a class or, you know, is it maybe learn some different moves and try to incorporate them into your day as much as possible? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I would say if you're looking at a video online or if you're going into a studio, 45 minutes to an hour is typical. But there are some workouts, if you can just do five minutes of maybe the abdominal series every day in the morning, that's a great thing to incorporate. Um, there's a lot of benefit to what we do. I know people wonder a lot if Pilates is cardio, and it can be at an advanced level, but you might not, you won't feel like you just came off of a treadmill um, if you're just starting a Pilates practice. But the movement of the body in a lot of the mat work is designed to get your circulation going, get your blood flowing. So it's not easy by any means. And it is designed to get yourself moving, get your blood flowing. And you can feel that in a five minute 
quick little routine because it is flowing. There are certain um, sequences. So if you are looking at a classical, very traditional mapped sequence, it starts with an exercise called the hundred and it ends with push-ups. And in between are maybe 30 exercises. And it's designed that you start with exercise one and end with the last one with no stops in between. And there are transitions between exercises and the transitions are as important at the as the exercises themselves. So when you get to the level where you can be doing the entire sequence from start to finish, it's gonna be a cardio workout. Right, and then all the benefits of getting blood circulation moving, like just that, that's what energizes you, right? It's Yes, yes. And at the same time though, we are trying to do it as effortlessly as possible so that we are not overworking where you do feel exhausted at the end of the workout. You should be able to finish your push-ups, stand up, walk out and do whatever you were planning to do the rest of the day. Well, that's a completely different mindset right. than most of us have when it comes to our workout. Like, I think I, I tend to gravitate to more traditional workouts where it's like, if I'm not sweating and can't get off my mat at the end of a workout, I didn't work out hard enough. And you're right. saying, hold on a second, let's rethink or redefine what this looks like. Yeah. Now, when I do my own workout, so I do believe that to be a good instructor, I also need to be a dedicated student. So I take weekly lessons with my mentors and I do end up sweating, but I still feel like I can go and play tennis after that workout. So yeah, it is, it's different. Your body works very hard internally with those small muscle groups that are supporting the bigger ones, but you're not fatiguing the big muscles because you're stretching and lengthening and breathing and just moving with a lot of effortless um, movement. So yeah, it is, it is different. And some people don't like that. Like you said, they feel like they're not getting the benefit of what they would if they would go to an hour and pump iron as, as hard as they could, but they really are getting the same benefit even if the body's feedback feels different than what they're used to. So I always tell people like, first, you have to do at least three Pilates sessions before you give up on it. Because the first session, it's retraining your brain and your body, especially if you've been athletic before and have been a gym rat or, you know, and I'm not using that term because I go, I still do weight training. I still work out in a gym. And there, you can do both. It's allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Sometimes I, I feel like I have to give people permission to do certain things. I'm like, it's okay. Right? You can do this. You can do multiple things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, first of all, the equipment is very different. So it's just a learning curve to learn what it feels like to move springs instead of weights. And then it is a mental mindset 
too of it's okay to feel really good after your workout <laughs> and just trust that your body is still doing strength training and but the flexibility piece is so important right yeah because I feel like that's what a lot of people are missing is the flexibility piece or like they'll do yoga once a week in a a strength-based program or one that's running but it's like oh but I'll add yoga in once a week so that way I can check that box right but are you really all-encompassing in your fitness when you're only giving that once a week. So like you said, I can see why like a two or three time a week focus, even if it's not for the whole 45 minutes, but maybe components of it still reap benefits. Right. Do you find that when you're working on those supporting muscle groups, that's where most of your injury prevention takes place? Or is it the combination of the large muscle groups and small muscle groups? for sure all in combination because one can't work without the other but yes I do feel that the injury prevention is from working from your center outward so everyone throws around the term the core what really is that um for us it's your abdominals your glutes your inner thighs so the whole like center of your body the trunk if we can get all of that super strong, then we have the ability to move our arms and legs more freely. Um, if you are working strong from your center, I have learned this over time as a tennis player. I used to just arm the ball. I just wanted to hit that thing as hard as I could. Yeah, and I've gotten shoulder injuries because of it. Now I am trying to move my whole body in unison use the strength of my center or quote unquote my core to not put so much pressure on my arm so yeah i think the more your body can work in unison with itself and all of its parts the better and i what I love about every Pilates exercise is designed to be a full body workout. So we don't just do bicep curls and isolate all our effort to the biceps. Whatever we're doing, there's usually part of the body that is stabilizing while the other part of the body is mobilized. So something is working to just keep you steady whilst another part of the body is working to move. So every, every exercise is full body, head to toe. Nothing is just isolated in, okay, let's just work our legs today. And I do laugh sometimes. Some of my instructor friends and I joke that people will come into the studio and say, can we work our arms today? And we wanna pull our hair out because you should be working your arms every time you come into the studio. Um, but that again is a little bit different, right? Than a traditional, yeah, exercise and, maybe. Right, and Pilates. What I love as well is that we work out barefoot, and we focus a lot on the feet. There is so much that can be learned from our feet, and so much that can help the rest of our body if we have strong and mobile feet. 
So I, I love that part of it too, that we connect literally from head to toe. So explain to us some of the other aspects of a Pilates lifestyle, because clearly like just in this conversation, you talked about how your workouts then transcend into everyday life. So talk to us a little bit more about what are the benefits that we see outside of the studio or outside of that, you know, YouTube video and how it can apply to our everyday life. Right. I think a lot of it is postural. So just sitting taller, sitting with your body supporting you standing. I always tell people, you know, if you're standing somewhere um, for a long period of time, whether you're standing in a line or you're performing something like just notice where your body weight is. A lot of people will bend one leg and all the weights on their hip. And over time that develops bad habits. You carry a heavy purse whatever side of the body that purse is on, that shoulder is taking on a lot of weight and pressure that the other side isn't. So we stand in what we call Pilates stance, which is heels together and toes a little bit apart. So your legs are in a little bit of external rotation. Now this does not work for every person, but if you try it, if you stand that way, just experiment with it and notice like it's really hard to shift one way or another it is a very centered way of standing so I'll tell people if it's good for them stand that way for a little and just notice like you're not going to be shifting your weight onto one side or another also I mean balance is super important as we age and I've noticed even like if I trip on a sidewalk or something, I just feel like my body is better able to just kind of catch myself and not take a huge spill. Yeah, I think, you know, as I'm listening to you talk and yeah, I think for me, it's letting go of some of these pre, I don't wanna say like predestined ways of thinking about exercise, but, you know, like you said, as we get older, our needs change. Like that aggressive um, run a marathon, lift as heavy as you can approach, it's, it's was great in our 20s, but not necessarily so great in our 40s and 50s. And, right. you know, how do we transition into a, a place where not only are we, we doing something positive for our body, moving, strengthening, lengthening all of those great things but moving from that functional like how do I start moving and transitioning into this next phase you know without needing knee replacements and hip replacements and I mean that's right. a big part of my clientele that come into the office and you know I want to teach safety obviously first and foremost but I think I love this idea of being able to move and reap the benefits without necessarily putting unnecessary stress on right. the body and then taking what you're learning into the world and incorporating it all day long. I love doing this little experiment and people at home can do this where I'll have someone sit down and then I'll ask them to stand up and I will just observe how they do that. 
And so many people use their hands to stand up. They'll push their hands into the couch or into the chair to bring themselves up. If I see someone do that, I make them sit back down and I make them cross their arms or yeah, usually cross their arms and just make them stand up that you have to use your legs to stand up. And it just becomes habitual, right? Like people don't even realize that they're using their hands to push themselves up from the couch. But over time, the legs start to forget, oh, I'm supposed to be getting you off of the couch. So it's, it's little things like that that I have conversations with clients about, and then I make them do it over and over and over again. <laughs> Stand up from a, a lower seated position. I mean, think about the toilet. As we age, you still have to use it. Uh, you know, and to be able to move the way we do every day in a healthier way. What happens if you put your hands on your legs and push off of your legs to stand up? I'd still call that cheating a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Are there any other like little tips or activities that we can do just to, to see if we are in good balance or um, if there's maybe some weaknesses that need addressed? Yeah. I also like to do what in Pilates we call getting dressed as just a way to kind of check in with how you're standing again, where if you can imagine that you've just put on a pair of jeans that are maybe just one size too small. And when you zip up that pair of jeans, you should already feel like, I, I felt myself just as I was describing it, just kind of pulling my belly button in a little bit um, and just kind of drawing into my center. So I like that visual when I'm standing. I also like the visual of putting on a, a button down vest. Again, that might be just a little tight and that as I'm standing, I don't wanna pop any of those buttons. So again, it's just kind of bringing your body a little more centered, using your muscles to help you stand. And really working from the core and not from the legs. Right, right. Interesting. Well, this has been lovely. I mean, I can't think of a better word um, because it's been so informative and you've really helped I don't know, just even educate me on the different types of exercise and, and how to look at movement and celebrate it, not as a punishment, but you know, <laughs> right. as a, a necessary um, component of our a healthier lifestyle. I mean, they say what motion is lotion, right? For our joints. Yes, I love um, that. <laughs> so we need to make sure that we're incorporating some type of movement into our day. And it's nice to know we have options. Right. So we have a couple, I have a couple more questions. We always close our, our episode with a recipe. So I was hoping that you could share maybe a favorite go-to recipe or um, something that you enjoy even maybe before or after a workout. It's really up to you, um, but we would love uh, to hear what you have to share. Sure. So I feel breakfast is the most important meal of the day. 
but it's also the one that I sometimes struggle with. So I needed like a go-to breakfast. So that's what I will share today. I love just making like a scrambled egg, maybe throwing in some cheese, scrambling that up, putting it into a sandwich. You can choose your bread, bagel, um, Ezekiel bread, you know, whatever healthy <laughs> choice you'd like, and then throw in an avocado on top. That's my fave. Perfect. That's simple enough. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And then Emily, tell us how we can learn even more about you, your studio. Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Um, or even come to your studio and visit you and, and learn more about Pilates. Sure. So my studio is called MJ Pilates and it's E-M-J Pilates. And you can find me at MJ Pilates um, on Instagram. I also have an MJ Pilates Facebook account. And then the website is just www.mjpilates.com. And I'm in West Reading, Pennsylvania. Awesome. All right, Emily. Well, I cannot thank you enough for agreeing to be on this podcast and just sharing your wealth of information. It has been so helpful and I know it's going to help a lot of people. And thank you for your curiosity about it. I love talking about and sharing Pilates with the world. So I really appreciate you asking me to join you. Of course. All right, guys, that is all we have for today. Again, thank you to you for listening and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrian Delgado, and I'll see you next week.